Talking a Brand Wagon, first episode. I'm your host, Chris Savage, and this is the show where we're gonna be interviewing CMOs, business owners, entrepreneurs, and other creative marketers about why they're investing in brand to grow their businesses. We are super excited, and we have been working very hard to make you a great show. Hey, crew, what happened to the cord on this mic? <laughs> it's, a, it's a prop. Yeah. That's a prop mic. We got a prop mic there. Uh, so, very excited for our first episode. We have Mark DeCristina, who's the VP of Brand at MailChimp. He's been behind some of their most exciting brand marketing campaigns, um, the Serial Podcast, many, many others. So, fantastic interview for you. And we have our live studio audience. Thanks for being here, everyone. Now, it does look like we have a few familiar faces. Kristen Bryant, show producer of Brandwagon. And David Sizemore, designer of the, both the brand imagery and set of Brandwagon. Thanks for being here. We thought it would be fun because it's our first episode to take a few questions from the crowd. Does anyone have any questions? Um, oh, Kristen Bryant. Thanks for randomly calling on me. Uh, so, a show about brand, why? We just keep hearing that people want to do brand marketing and they don't know how. So we thought we'd get some of the leaders and experts together and learn from them. Any other questions for the audience? Uh, David Sizemore. So surprised to be called on. Uh, set looks great, if I can say that myself. But where exactly are we? Great question. So we actually took part of our office, closed it off, and made it so that we can shoot Brandwagon and other shows whenever we want. So we're technically in the Wistia office. Any other questions in the crowd? Oh, how about my best friend and co-founder, Brennan Schwartz? Oh, thanks. Honored to be here. Love the name Brandwagon. It's fresh, it's punchy. But where's the wagon? Show me the wagon. Show me the wagon. I want to see the wagon. Well, right before we jump into this interview with Mark DeCristina, we're going to be jumping into a segment called building the brand wagon. If Wistia is gonna have a show called Brand Wagon, we're gonna need an actual drivable wagon, a statement piece to help promote the show, and who knows, might even mod it out to be a production studio on wheels. Now you might be wondering, is this guy about to expense an old clunker without getting budget approval? Of course not, I'm a stickler for process, so first, I better check in with Heather Shanahan, our VP of Finance, to get the proverbial green light. Hey Heather, how's it going? Hey Chris, what's going on? So, we're thinking about trying to find an actual station wagon for the show Brand Wagon. What do you think? Wow, I don't know. Getting a company car is pretty complicated. You have to get registered. Complicated? You have to go to the uh, That does sound you pretty complicated. The title, the tags, the taxes. Complicated, complicated, everything is complicated. Well, what is that song? And how many people need to be insured for the vehicle? Did you think about that? Well, why'd you have to go and make everything complicated? Oh, it's Avril Lavigne. I wonder if we're related. You're gonna need to fill it with gas. Rotate the tire. Chris Levine? Avril Levine. 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 Levine, do you think you can handle all of those? No problem. With the budget approved, it's time to find ourselves a car. But not any old car is gonna be on brand for Wistia. How about an old Volkswagen bus? Nah, it's been done. 96 Ford Taurus. It's funny, it's just too soon. Chevy El Camino? It's completely impractical. Well, Chevy Bel Air. A Bel Air? Slow down, Mr. Hot Rod. What about an Oldsmobile Vista Cruiser? Oldsmobile, Oldsmobile. I don't like it. What about a Ford Econoline? Too boxy. Ford Transit Connect? Not boxy enough. 
How about a used Audi Allroad? Stop it. You stop it. No, you stop it. No, you stop it. No, I said it first. Oh, you're going to go, I said it first oh, now? Now you're going to stop mantra. Oh, yeah, I'm going to stop mantra. Yes, we're sitting here. We're trying to give you a good car. And all Dan and I had some great ideas, but couldn't quite land on the right car. So I decided to turn to the Wistia design team to see if they could put us in the fast lane to the right vehicle. A brand wagon, huh? So a car that represents our brand. Tell us more. It's got to be playful. It's gotta be fun. It's gotta be reliable. You mean like Wistia? Exactly. It's gotta make you smile. It's gotta be cool, but not flashy. Vintage, but not too old. It's gotta be friendly, whimsical, attainable. Confident, but not cocky. We're gonna need ample storage, plenty of places to mount cameras, and if I'm being honest, I'd love a tan interior. So, what do you think? Volvo wagon. Volvo wagon. 90s Volvo wagon. Volvo wagon. Gotta be a Volvo wagon. A Volvo station wagon. It's perfect. Armed with inspiration for the right car, our Craigslist search began. Does it have to be in New England? I would like it to be in New England because I'd like to go and visit it. Hey there, I'm calling about the uh, Volvo station wagon you have on Craigslist. Is that still for sale? Oh, bummer. Uh, well, this looks promising. It's so clean. The thing is, the car needs to be drivable. It's got to be a little safe. Dave, what do you think of this car? Yeah. I'm going to call. Great. You should do it. I'm calling. Hello, this is Dave. Hey, Dave. My name is Chris Levine. Um, I am calling about the 91 Volvo 240 you have on eBay. Is that still for sale? Uh, the yep. It is. All right. Um, the, the car, I'm guessing the car runs pretty well. It looks really clean. Yeah, I heard that. The, yeah, the rust on these cars are usually the death sentence for them, right? Yeah. Um, well, listen, Dave, let me talk to uh, my colleagues and I'll get an answer back to you as soon as possible. Dave, thank you very much. Thank you very much. All right, bye-bye. I think we found it. I agree. Love Dave. Thanks. We gotta go meet him. All right. Cool. Wow, that was great. You're great. Oh, come on. No, you are. Oh, come on. <laughs> There's that accent. <laughs> so we've always wanted a car. Why? Why did we get a car now? Well, it's not every day you're allowed to expense a car at your company. Mm -hmm, yeah. uh, Dan and I have been toying with the idea of buying a, a, a wagon for a long time. We finally got this show, Brand Wagon, uh, play on the words of Bandwagon. Cheers. 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 Uh, it's a play on the words of uh, Bandwagon. Mm -hmm. So we're talking about a brand wagon, mm -hmm. station wagon. It's a perfect opportunity to actually turn this dream into a reality. And why a Volvo? Mm. The Volvo, um, it, actually, it's funny. We've internally had meetings about if Wistia the brand were a car, yeah, what would it be? Would We've it be? all actually landed yes. on a Volvo. It's safe, it's reliable, it's well-built. Um, and it's fun so, to drive. It's fun to drive. It, fit a lot of people in there. You could fit a lot. I think you'd probably fit eight or nine Wistians in very there. Very long-term view, very lasting car. Oh, Good range like on it. There. Yeah, 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 yeah. And you have to go get this thing somewhere? Yeah, there's only one way to, to look at this thing, uh, and that's gonna be to kick the tires in person. So, Trevos, Pennsylvania, here we come. Oh, wow, I can't wait. We'll be right back with the interview with Mark DiCristina right after this. How? 
many chairs? How many chairs do you think are at Wistia? How many chairs? Yeah. Um, I'm going to say 150 chairs. 250. 277. Uh, 115. Two hundred seven, maybe a hundred fifty. Seven hundred. <laughs> so you're a no chair guy. Someone stole my chair. Uh, are, are these prices right rules? Two hundred. Oh, you're chewing. I didn't realize you were chewing. I'm sorry. You don't have to answer this. <laughs> the staircase doesn't go anywhere. Okay, I got 276. Wow. But I think there might be two more. Whew. 277. 278. I am very excited to play this interview for you that we recorded with Mark DeCristina just a few weeks ago. Mark is the VP of brand at MailChimp, and he also heads up MailChimp Studios, which is where they're producing all of their podcasts and their video shows. MailChimp is a brand we've looked up to for a long time, and I'm very excited that they are here with us on episode one of Brandwagon. I learned a ton in this interview as Mark went very deep on their brand strategy, what's next, what they're thinking about, what's working, and what's not. So I hope you learn a ton too. Mark, I think you might be our first guest on the show. Do you know that? I didn't know that. Pretty exciting. Wow. Yeah. Okay. I have to say, this outfit is <laughs> incredible. You've outdone yourself. Thank you. I, I appreciate it. I, I hadn't noticed that you were wearing the exact same outfit, but um, but you look really, really good. Oh, thank yeah. you. Yeah. The sharp outfit. <laughs> so tell me, tell me your story. Like, how did you end up at MailChimp? Um, what is, what has that experience been like? I mean, you've, you've been at MailChimp from, I think it was from 15 employees to mm -hmm. yeah. a thousand. Yeah. Is that right? Yeah, that's right. Yeah. So I started uh, just over 10 years ago. Uh, and at the time, in 2009, <clears throat> email marketing was not sort of what it is today. I mean, it, had, it was more associated with like with spam and bad actors and stuff. And so I remember telling my friends and family I was going to work at at this email marketing company, and they're like, "Sounds a little bit sketchy," you know. You know, when you think about a brand and the components mm -hmm. of a brand, what what goes into a brand? Well, I feel like the brand is is just sort of like your reputation. It's how people feel about you. So in some ways, um, very real ways, like it doesn't belong to you at all. It's actually like exists in the minds of other people. And the best that you can do is to sort of influence that in a positive way and have as much control over that perception of how people feel yeah. as possible. So like a really good brand, I, I say, there's not much distance between like the way you think about yourself and the way other, think other people think about you. But you can probably think of lots of companies that like... Um, you know, like to talk about their brand as being X, Y, and Z. And you ask any person on the street, like what they think. And it's like, very, di <laughs> very yeah. different. Yeah. And like, that's the brand, how other people think. You, so MailChimp had an incredible ad campaign where you were taking the MailChimp brand and you were putting different names out there and totally different creative copy. The uh, MailKimp, um, KaleLimp, uh, JailBlimp, this entire insane campaign. Tell me about this and what was the, what was the goal of that campaign? Yeah, well, the goal for that campaign was to uh, create awareness for MailChimp and basically bring MailChimp to a much wider audience. Like we were, um, 
we were famous in the tech world. We were famous with small businesses. Uh, but the goal for that campaign was basically to say, how can we be MailChimp on a much bigger stage? And so for us, um, creating uh, affinity for MailChimp, awareness for MailChimp with like a much wider sort of like popular culture audience was the goal. So you're doing this to build awareness and affinity for MailChimp. Like, how did you know that you had the right creative for this? Uh, it took a really long time and it was really hard because what we were doing was trying to bottle up all of the weird, fun stuff that we had done when there were like, there was no expectations and no pressure and like do that with like a much larger budget on a much bigger stage with lots more people watching. And the thing that was hard was that everything that we kept, uh, that the ad agency kept coming back with felt like advertising and we wanted something that felt extremely different and absurd and surprising. And so we finally landed on that concept. And honestly, the thing that made us feel like it was the right decision was um, our account director pulled us aside one day, myself and the CMO. And we sat down and he said, I have to tell you that this campaign feels borderline reckless. And it was in that moment that I, I felt like, okay, we're, we're onto something. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Borderline like, reckless. Yeah. Like it, 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 um, cause we had been chasing that feeling of like, you know, discomfort. You feel it in your yeah, gut. Like you feel it in your yeah. gut. Like this is, this is a big risk. Yeah. And we think it's going to work, but it's going to require everyone to sort of hold hands and jump together. Wow. And getting the agency to the point where they felt that sort of like gut churning a little bit was like, was actually the thing that for us felt like, okay, we finally landed on something that's, that's like, brave enough and bold enough for us to to go for. So you've had a ton of success with that ad campaign. Now you've transitioned to something totally different, MailChimp Presents. Tell me tell me about MailChimp Presents. Yeah, so MailChimp Presents is a, an entertainment platform for entrepreneurs. Um, MailChimp's mission has always been about uh, empowering small businesses and helping them succeed and to grow. Um, we've always done that with software, but um, over the last couple of years, we began to feel like there are other ways that we could do that. We could make content that um, inspires them and motivates them and makes them feel like they're not alone. And so this, uh, so MailChimp Presents is a, uh, is a platform, a destination for content uh, with that in mind. And then you switched from advertising to building a library of content, a content platform. Why, why the switch? Yeah. Um, there were a bunch of different reasons. I mean, one of the driving reasons, though, was that advertising is it's really expensive um, and it is only relevant when you're I, I mean, it, it's only working when you're spending money. It's yeah. so, like the minute that you <laughs> stop spending money, it just disappears. Um, it's also very um, uh, ephemeral, like it it loses its relevance very quickly. Um, and it's constantly interrupting people. I mean, the, the whole basis of advertising is like, we're going to put something in front of you that you didn't necessarily ask for. Um, and there's a great, I mean, that's fine. It's, that's not a, you know, a value judgment at all. We love advertising. Yeah. Obviously we're, we're big fans and we do it a lot, but, but we started to think like there might be a better way for us to use this budget. And what we found with original content is that it can be, um, it's more durable lasts longer, um, doesn't require people to be interrupted. I mean, it changes our relationship with our customers. So, so now instead of interrupting people all the time, they want to come and, and engage with, with us. So it's like, instead of trying to be the ad in the podcast that some percentage of people are going to skip over, mm -hmm. yeah. you're trying to be the podcast. Yeah. 
and have a story that's lasting instead of an ad that's being changed out. Yeah. Which is hard, obviously. Yeah. yeah. But exciting because it's like a it's a big bet, but if it works, mm-hmm. you end up really building a significant yeah. audience. Yeah. And I mean, the funny thing for us is like the, you know, the cost difference is fascinating because like in many cases, it's actually less expensive to make the podcast and then you and you own it forever. I mean, the the the, the reason that you buy the ad instead of making the podcast is because you're buying the audience. Yes. And so so you get in front of people who are listening to those shows. For MailChimp, we have an audience. Like we've built over, you know, years and years, we've built this really big audience. We have uh, sort of uh, a very big access to lots of lots of people and to our customers and they trust us. And so we have the audience built in. So why why should we always be spending money to be in front of them when we we can just like make the thing we can still be in front of them we can have a better relationship with them and we get to keep the content yeah, yeah. so it's like yeah it's a, no it's burner a win 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 yeah. win win <laughs> yeah. um so you've really you're like building a studio effectively yeah and it's almost like you've taken your budget from advertising to building a studio mm-hmm. That's a, yeah and then how do you look at success for this like what are the things I know these are very long-term investments yeah. and what you're describing is a big vision, mm-hmm. but like short-term, what do you look at that makes you feel like, yep, this is, this is working or yeah. it's not working? Yeah. Well, there are, um, there's lots of different things that we're thinking about. One is on the sort of intangible side, like we, we aspire to be like the greatest small business brand in the world and to be loved and inspiring and just like an amazing brand. And so there's lots of those kind of metrics that we're looking at is like, how can we make people feel like MailChimp is just connection, connection yeah, to MailChimp, like a strength strong, connection. Yeah. positive connection to MailChimp. Yeah. Um, but there are also lots of other sort of quantitative and analytical things that we look at too. And like, we want people to spend more time with MailChimp. We want this content to, uh, to drive behavior inside our products. And so um, it's still super early days, but we would, I mean, our, our bet is that making content like this will actually, you know, make people stay with MailChimp longer. It will like reduce churn. It will make their, you know, average monthly spend go up. Their average monthly time with us go up. Like it will, it will actually have like really tangible like business benefits for us. And I think and we've already seen that in the first few months. Like the um, the uh, people who engage with this content are 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 paying us more quickly. And when they pay us they pay us more money, which is just like completely mind blowing. Like we, that we, is, we wanted yeah. that to happen. Like, and we, we, you know, we were expecting that to happen at some point, but I mean, from like the minute we launched the first thing in January with like no promotion, like we were starting to notice that people who actually engaged with this content were behaving differently than other people. So you're saying just to make sure I got it. Cause it's kind of mind blowing what you're saying. You're yeah. saying like the content that you're putting out there that is, you know, the trade show show, all of these different things, which are, none of them are about the MailChimp product at yeah, all. Yeah. Nothing close, right? Yeah. Pretty far out. They're yeah. about the feeling that your customers have. Yeah. Uh, that that content is actually affecting their connection to MailChimp in such a way that when they are trying the product, they are buying faster, spending more, trusting it more. Like you can mm-hmm. actually see that. Yeah. That's insane. Yeah, it really is. That's crazy, yeah. right? Like, it's amazing. You said that you've taken your whole like brand awareness budget to put it into this content. Yeah. What percentage of the budget did you take to put towards this enduring content? Um, I mean, 
Almost all of it. Wow. Well, for the, for the, I mean, we have different, it's not like our whole marketing budget, yeah. but the part of our budget that is um, investing in our brand, it's almost all of it. Wow. And, and I would, I guess I would also separate and say that, that budget is split into the production of the content and then the marketing of the content. So one thing that's different about this content is that, you know, it, previously we used that budget to advertise MailChimp. Yeah. Now, the content we're making has become a product of MailChimp. And so we not only have to make the content, but we yeah, have yeah. to, now we have to advertise the content. So, so now we have a, an advertising budget to promote the, the content. content. But it's all around the brand. Yeah. If you had advice for someone who's starting out, who's you know MailChimp when you're 15 people, maybe before the free launch, and they're thinking about trying to grow their business, they're trying to, they're thinking about brand. I think it's become more obvious today that brand matters. Like there's just so much um, competition. It's expensive and hard to reach people. Like I think brand matters more than ever. What, what advice would you give to somebody who's in the early stages of, of running a company for how they should think about building their brand? I guess the two things that I like to always say are like understanding yourself and understanding your audience and then being able to like sort of match those things together. So I think you have to spend some time sort of contemplating like if if we were going to try to develop these intangible qualities mm -hmm. of our brand what would those be what are the what are the dimensions where we are different and can stand out in a meaningful way and also truthful so if it's if it's different but like not authentic to who you are or to your you know your company or your product or your culture like it'll be hollow um and if it's like truthful, but it's not different, it's like nobody will care. So it has to be both um, meaningfully different and also authentic. That's like the you side of the equation. And then the other side is like, who is your audience? Who are the people that you want to be engaging with? And like, what's important to them? And specifically, what's important to them in this relationship? So, you know, for MailChimp, like we may have lots of creative customers who are really into uh sneaker culture or whatever but like we can't just make a a thing about <laughs> sneakers we could make a show about i mean there are a lot you could imagine a yeah. show that would be rel like that where you could tie all of that together but like it can't just be about um you know what's relevant to them sort of in their lives it's like how do you marry you have to match those yeah two. you have to match those together and so um i think that's that's the that's work that is um it's simple but it, it can be hard it doesn't require any money, but it does require like some insight. And so that's where I would start. And then once you have sort of a, a decent understanding of those elements, then you be can begin to think of like, okay, so then how do we, how do we act on that? How do we bring that to life? And even if you have like a teeny tiny budget or no budget at all, there are ways that you can, I mean, even just through copy or through the way that you write your website or the way that you run your social feeds, like you could change the way that you talk to people or change the things that you link to or like you know there are all kinds of ways that you can begin to sort of reinforce that point of view um that uh that can have a big impact without a big a big spend but if you have some budget then you can think about um what are the what are the formats for bringing that to life that would um that would have an impact for your business and it could be video or podcast um but it could also be like you know making making cat hats or whatever you know whatever yeah. Mark, thank you so much for being here today. Really enjoyed having yeah, you on Brand Wagon. Super fun. Yeah. 
Mark DiCristino, right? First interview. Yeah. That was awesome. I was blown away to learn about MailChimp's shift from brand advertising into branded content. They're basically a studio at this point, which is wild. I really look up to them, and it's so cool to learn about what they're doing over there. That's our first episode. Thanks for being here, everyone. Thanks for being here, crew. Thanks for being here, live studio audience. And we'll see you next time. On the next Brand Lab, Chris sits down with Nancy Dassault-Smith from Hydro to hear why brands need to be more like Rocky Road than vanilla. And the crew heads to Pennsylvania to find out if that 91 Volvo is as rust-free as advertised.